0: You are listening to the Drew and Dan Podcast Network. The following is brought to you by the Expatriate Breakfast Burrito. Welcome to the Drew and Dan Podcast Experience.
1: Hey everybody out there in podcast land. Hello, hello, hello. It's the Drew and Dan Show, NBA Finals Edition. It is just it's Sunday right before Game 2, Dan, and I am not doing well.
0: Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the night after last game, our group chat, I was talking with Matt Ehlers last night, we were both like, Ugh, after the game ends, we don't want to text Drew right away, but I... <laughs> I texted, I texted something and you did not respond to any text till like noon the next day. And it was with a flurry of like eight paragraph long texts about why Steve Kerr screwed over the Warriors. And so we were worried about you for a little bit.
1: Uh, I went dark. I went dark the night of game one because I just, I ha- I couldn't handle it. I emotionally, I collapsed like the Warriors in the fourth quarter. I had an emotional collapse. Mm-hmm. And what I... I, uh, I I was kind of hoodwinked by how easily the Warriors tap-danced on Dallas. Um, and, yeah. you, you know, the Memphis game had a couple of games that could have gone either way, but they handled Memphis pretty well. Denver, MVP, no problem. I mean, so they just kind of coasted. And I, Boston struggled. I didn't think Miami was that good. So my my pick, my initial pick in a number of group chats – Cause I'm in a lot of group chats. Cause I got a lot of friends and a number of group chats. <laughs> I have consistently said warriors in five, <laughs> warriors in five, warriors in five. I just wasn't worried uh-huh. about Boston. And then right. game one happened and I just emotionally yeah. crumbled and just turned off my phone for the night. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I gotta
0: say, I, uh, my dad was over helping us install a few things and we were talking about the game because he watched it all too. And my dad's. I learned to be a Lakers fan from my dad, so I was like, "Hey, sorry, you wrote rooting for Golden State." He's like, "No, I actually really like the Celtics team." Wow. So we were talking about why, and it's not that because we both love Steph Curry is just an awesome dude. We love Steph, but it's. I think we talked about this on the pod before. It's fun to see new blood kind of rise up, and this Celtics team. They, if you think about all the big free agent signings they've had over the last. what five years Mm -hmm. all those guys are gone Horford's technically like a big one so they are winning just based solely on their draft picks who Tatum was their highest draft pick at three but like Jalen Brown was what seven or eight Marcus Smart was seven or eight and then they kind of just picked the right dudes guys like shout out to Westland's own Peyton Pritchard who's Got the best plus minus in the whole final so far. It's uh,
1: but so I, yeah, it's also really hard to root against Horford because he's just this old man who is just stroking threes and you know, he can play defense at the rim. He's you know, you got uh, Time Lord, the center, of the Boston's really <laughs> athletic long five who's just. Yeah. Like he's playing on one knee. Like if you listen to the Bill Simmons pod, which I had to stop listening to, but if you listen to <laughs> it, it's like the, the dude sounded like he was like on one knee, right? Like completely mm-hmm. broken. Like, is he even going to go? he just, not only is he going to go, he's going to just be complete dominant game changing force defensively. And then be available for the occasional lob jam, like back, yeah. move. So I mean, it's hard to root against these guys. I I thought I would be able to hate Marcus Smart because you know he dove into Steph and took out his knee and yada, yada, yada. And he kind of right, right. Little, he's got a little Dylan Brooks in him, out of control, uh, could hurt a guy. But, I mean, he just plays so hard. I mean, he's kind of crazy, a little bit of a head case. But, I mean, he plays really, really hard. I guess Dylan but Brooks
0: is Yeah, it's hard to hate a dude who plays as hard as Marcus Smart. He is reckless sometimes. But a guy who's like... I know my main thing is defense. I know my main thing is just diving after loose balls. Like, yeah, I don't know.
1: Towards the end of that Miami series, he was kind of going into like, you know, sniper takeout mode where he was <laughs> like diving on the floor like someone's picking him mm-hmm. off every possession. And that yeah, can get yeah. a little annoying, but at the same time, it's like, you, you, I don't know. You got to kind of respect someone doing what they have to do to win. Um, so I, I don't know. It's hard to, as much, I mean, I do hate the, hate the Celtics team because they're playing the Warriors, but like secretly, like I don't really hate them, but, um, right. but I want them to lose really bad. Um, okay, so let's let's back it up. Let's let's break this
0: down. Um, cuz I I actually was able to watch most of this game. I missed like 10 minutes of the second quarter, yeah. but from what it sounds like it was pretty pretty cut and dry. Warriors were kind of just doing their thing. Yeah, but you know what's
1: interesting in the first half, Boston, even though Steph had like, what, eight threes in the first half, nine, whatever, he mm -hmm. was on fire. Boston like hung in there, like almost matched them possession for possession. I mean, it was almost like a one, even with Steph getting off that much, it was a one possession game for almost the entire first half. And Boston had the lead at halftime. Yeah. So it's not like, yeah, the- that's true. And then, so it, like that actually I was nervous at the half, not just because Boston had the lead, but because I'm like, wow, Steph just came out and literally double barreled shotgun this team and they <laughs> took it and answered back and have the lead. at half. Like I was like very nervous at the half. Uh, third quarter happens. Warriors like, quote unquote, start to run away with it. I get taunting texts from Matt Ehlers about how great Steve Kerr is because he knows how much I can't stand <laughs> Steve Kerr. He's like, wow, <laughs> great adjustments from Coach Kerr. We got to give him a lot of credit, right, Drew? And I was like, Matt. And Matt jinxed him. Again. And Matt, don't ever text me again. And then um, <laughs> fourth quarter happens, Dan and you saw the fourth? Mm-hmm. So I'd be curious to know your thoughts on this. I yeah. was furious because to me, one of Kerr's biggest weaknesses. And again, I'm not. I, I don't know if we've I'm that public about this on the pod, but I'm not Steve Kerr's biggest fan. Even though like hmm. NBA fanboys are like raving about how amazing he is, and yada yada yada. It's like a really trendy thing to love Steve Kerr these days but I just assume those people don't know ball, but one thing that well, you,
0: Kerr, your problem with Steve Kerr is mostly you don't align with his political beliefs. <laughs> so you. it makes, it makes sense.
1: Just because I live in Arizona <laughs> does not mean that that is true. But anyway, well, I mean, you hate Steve Kerr. So. <laughs> so one of my biggest issues with Steve Kerr is he does it like he, what to me, I feel like when a tide, sh- like basketball is such a game of momentum. It's such a game of mm-hmm. runs. And I feel like Steve Kerr never recognizes when the tide shifts in time. And by the time the tide is shifted and the run is gone, is going, it's like too late. By the time he makes any adjustment or even calls a timeout, he's gotten a little better with his timeouts on this postseason than yeah, yeah. Uh, he's normally horrific, but. Like, I felt like I felt the Boston momentum shifting, even at the end of the third, right? Because they started to just make shots like crazy, everybody knocking down shots. And I felt like the momentum is shifting, and Steve Kerr has two non-shooters on the floor, Andre Iguodala Mm -hmm. and Draymond Green. Not just non-shooters, but almost like offensively non-factors. And you could see Boston not even guarding these guys. And it's like we're—it's clear from the first three quarters. This is a running. This is a shoot and run game. Like this is a, like we're, these teams are trading baskets. Like they have to score. You have to score a lot of points to win this game. That seemed apparent. And all of a sudden, in the third quarter or the fourth quarter, with all the momentum shifted, Boston running downhill full speed. We have two complete non-factors offensively on the court, mm-hmm. and it was driving me absolutely crazy. And yeah. Anyway, and so there's a whole defensive tangent you could go on. You'll probably point that out in the fourth quarter that the Warriors' defense just completely fell apart, mm-hmm. um, and Boston's defense was like just they took it up to an elite, elite level. But um, yeah, well, a couple thoughts. With, go ahead.
0: Yeah, yeah, a couple of thoughts of what you just said. I mean, Drew, you've you've coached basketball a long, long time. You. You know the x's and o's of coaching better than i do i've never coached a basketball game but i mean something my coach has always told me is good defense always leads to good offense right yeah. so the boston thing i think one way to look at it which i'm not saying is wrong is like they got really hot and dude in the fourth quarter there were some shots that were hit and i was like okay there's no way that that would go in under any other circumstance like they're yeah. just crazy shots but but I think to your point it's an intensity thing, right? When the defense is hounding and making successful stops like they are, it gives the offense um it gives the offense momentum and confidence, right? Right. And so it's not even though Boston was shooting the lights out, it's not totally a fluke because Cause the defense was doing their thing and yeah. they, they were just swarming. They were taking away possessions. They're just so smart. Like you said, leaving Igadala open, leaving Draymond open, basically daring those guys to shoot and not letting any of the other shooters breathe on the court. So that's, that was my one kind of takeaway in the fourth quarter, but, but earlier, so talking about Steve Kerr and I, I know we all tease you about not liking Steve Kerr and stuff, but um it's really fascinating that the guy who kind of helmed. Uh, when was Golden State's first title? A couple of years ago, like in in this iteration of Golden State. Uh, it was in twenty fifteen. Twenty fifteen. Okay, so eight or so years ago, that that team is kind of seen as the first like wave of this big three point shooting just like run, take a bunch of threes, make a bunch of threes, win the game that way, just by high high volume shooting, Klay Thompson, Steph Curry. And it's fascinating to me. I think it was the second quarter, which I missed the second quarter. So I, I read about this later, but didn't he take Steph out at like a really weird time when Steph was <laughs> hot? Cause Steph made a three. So it's weird to me that Kerr would take Steph out at a point where they weren't really high up. And even if they were way up, he's got to know, dude, you guys, your team invented coming back from 15 down in like two minutes. Oh, right. Like you are literally the team that inspired all the other teams to do that, which is exactly what happened with Boston. So I thought, I thought Kerr's rotations were like, I don't know what he was going for. Like with yeah. Igadala, was his, to you as a former coach and current coach, maybe I don't know if you're coaching anything, but like, do you think for Kerr with Draymond and with Iguodala, it was a heart overhead thing because he's like, these guys are champions. They're super smart, which is true, but it's also overlooking the fact that neither of them can shoot. And Iguodala is pretty stiff. He's really old. I I don't know. So there were a lot of, I saw a lot of mistakes and it was weird in the fourth quarter. Um, I was, I was watching the game at a place and, when the fourth quarter started, we, our conversation kind of shifted. Like we were watching the game in the background, kind of not It's like, all right, golden state's running away with it. So I got up to get another drink. And now I was waiting in line. I was kind of watching. And when I got up, Boston was down 15. And when I sat back down, they were down three. It's like, what the heck? And then in the span of time, when our attention shifted from the conversation to the TV, they were up by three. It was like insane.
1: Yeah. There was a moment where, the Warriors were down like five or seven in the fourth where it was like, okay, it's the Warriors, they're not out of it. And Draymond like made a horrendous turnover, like forcing a forcing something that just wasn't there that and Boston came down and like hit a three. Cause they hit a lot of threes. And then he came back and on the very next possession, he that like, came down and launched a three pointer. Like Dude, back and, and let he, it fly. He he missed and Boston came down and scored again. And it was like in the there's like five minutes left in the game. And after that, those two possessions, which both led to baskets and were both essentially turnovers, even though one was a missed three with Draymond. That's a turnover, right? They both led to baskets. And I was like, that's five, like that's game. We just lost. Like we can't, like they just put the nail yeah. in our coffin and they came down and hit like five more threes after that. It was just he let's just call it what it is Draymond played the one of the worst games I've ever seen him play Jordan Poole played one of the worst games I've ever seen him play yeah Poole was like
0: a non-factor yeah Clay
1: Thompson was like okay but defensively Jalen Brown went by him like he was standing still a handful of times Mm. I mean uh shout out to Jalen Brown Cal Golden Bear but it was just like a really (laughs) like I mean It just wasn't bad. No one really played good. And then people say Wiggins played good. I guess Wiggins has been good defensively, but Wiggins is doing this thing that drives me crazy as well, where he's not the guy to shoot. Like when, to me, when Steph Curry and Clay Thompson are on the floor, like no one else should shoot threes, right? Even Andrew Wiggins shouldn't. Andrew Wiggins is always a 30-something percent three-point shoot. Like he shouldn't shoot if those other two guys are on the floor, but he's made just enough shots. To like keep hoisting them, so he'll like mm-hmm. you know he'll get the ball in the corner and let it fly. That's what Boston wants. They want not like not Steph, not Clay shooting threes. Like anyone yeah. else, go for it, right? And so he needs to recognize. And um, our friend Brandon sent me a tweet that someone put out there. It's um, not an original thought, but it said talking about Boston's defense, elite defense. Uh, is not just about getting stops, but it's about, you know, getting the ball in the hands of the players you want to have the ball, right? Like, um, you know, what it's about, if you see guys who shouldn't take the shot, taking the shot, that's a result of elite defense, right? Yeah. That's exactly the shot that Boston wanted the Warriors to take. And that kept happening over and over again. And to me, that's just coaching. You're getting out coached at that point. It's like you shouldn't settle for draymond or wiggins or iguodala shooting shot you know what i mean it's like they're not those mm-hmm. guys um so we got to somehow overcome this we got to start running some screens so whatever it is we got to start getting your the right guys open to get looks at the basket and
0: yeah it's almost like oh go ahead finish your no, go ahead it's almost like boston what's their, their coach's name is udoka right yeah you man
1: yeah um he's awesome but yeah, yeah. Uh, for first year he's in the finals and he just put a clinic on the Warriors. Yeah. It's almost like they
0: know that Steve Kerr's big weakness is like, he just plays with his heart. Right. So with Steph, Steph has this hot first half. It's almost like, you know, that Kerr is going to think I need to rest Curry so we can save him for later, you know? Yeah. Right. And it's almost like Boston anticipated Curry's barrage of threes yeah. and they kind of just like, let it happen. Yeah. You know, um, we now where the other coaches, which I know Miami's kind of overlooked, but Spolstra a guy he'll, if Jimmy Butler's hot, he'll keep him in 42 minutes, yeah. 44 minutes, whatever. Yeah. Same with uh, old coach, like Thibodeau would do that. Um, coach Bud, like where Kerr is very, which in the regular season's great. He's very cautious about overusing his dudes, right. but but it's now, like it's someone's gotta,
1: now it's the time. Yeah. Now it's go someone's time. Someone's got to wake him go. up and say,
0: dude, yeah. dude, it's the finals. You got to. The yeah. There's
1: nothing after this. Let him go. Everyone's like, you can't play Curry 48 minutes. Why not? <laughs> he's like a, he's in super, he's highly conditioned. He's like in ridiculous, like physical condition. He's got great. He's in great shape. He can like, let him go. You know, like let him out there, and little- they they have more rest in between games than at yeah. any point in the whole season. Yeah, exactly. If he plays forty four minutes, he'll have three days off. Yeah, probably what one day of practice, two day practice. Yeah. I don't know. It's you know, everyone was making a big deal about these guys being ready. Oh, Yo, you're going to get you know, GP two back, you're going to get Iguodala back. You're going to get Porter back. It's like, to me, in my mind, I was just thinking, wow, you're giving Kerr more options. A guy who already has head (laughs) scratching rotations and doesn't seem to know when to throw who out when it's like, you're going to give him more options to play with. Like we just Mm -hmm. went through Dallas without these guys keep with it, with a, with a less personnel, shorter rotations, letting them go. Like now we're going to add more people to the mix. Like, You know, if if these were like offensive killers, that'd be one thing, but they're not, you know, they're defensive Mm -hmm. guys and to to be Boston, you got to score points. That's what it comes down to. I mean,
0: it is. Yeah. So moving forward, where do you think you are in terms of this series? Cause I got to say I'm traumatized. I I I figured Golden State would win the series. What? I'm traumatized. That's where I'm at. Traumatized. I figured they'd win. And I was more like, you know, Boston, this will kind of be their introduction into the big, the final dance. Right. And they'll be back, whatever. But, um, losing having home court advantage and losing one of the first two games is a huge, huge deal. Cause Boston garden is going to be insane. And so losing one at home is, it's a huge deal. Um, but yeah, what do you think I'm aware, forward? Dan? It's a
1: huge deal. Did I mention uh, that it's a huge deal? <laughs> uh, losing one at home is a huge deal, but to be honest, losing two at home is probably something you're not coming back from. Uh, even though Boston yeah. went down, was, didn't Boston go down 0-2 against Miami or was it? Mil- yeah. Yeah. or uh,
0: no. Milwaukee. It was Milwaukee. So,
1: sorry. It was... Uh, Milwaukee against Phoenix last year went down 0-2 and then came back. and oh. So, you know, that's something, at least it's, there's precedent for it, I guess. But, I mean, this Boston team is so much better than last year's Phoenix team. I mean, they just defensively, yeah. offensively. They, they, I mean, what is this Boston team lacking? Nothing. I mean, they've got guard play. They can shoot. They can defend. They've got a stud. <laughs> They've got a post. They've got wings. They've got toughness. They've got that guy who gets under your skin. It's like, what are they lacking? Yeah. They're welcome. I mean,
0: game one, what they were lacking is for their best player to like make an impact, which yeah. he didn't so really. Tatum, yeah,
1: that's the thing. Tatum, like, played, Tatum played bad and they still yeah. got the win. And it's like, That that was the thing. I was looking after the game at the at the box score, and I was just amazed at how balanced across the board the box score was Mm -hmm. for Boston. I was like, "Wow, all these dudes got up and made shots. It wasn't one guy. It wasn't like I'd feel better if Tatum Tatum went for fifty and no one else got off, right? Like that's a better circumstance than all five guys put it up twenty to twenty five. I mean, that's a problem. Um, So, gosh." I, I don't know, Dan, this is, it's, I, tonight's must win for the Warriors. It's, you don't want to yep. be heading to Boston down 0-2. I think the series is over if that happens. Um, man, it's must win. And and the adjustment the Warriors need to make, to me, I, I don't exactly know, because like I said, this Boston team doesn't have a weakness, but the adjustment mm-hmm. needs to be shorten the rotation, play Curry more, and uh, – and, you know, you just can't have the wrong guys taking shots. You know, last, yeah. Boston got everything they wanted from the Warriors offensively last game. You know, they, won, they they got all the right guys shooting the ball, and the Warriors need to counteract that somehow and get better players. You know, you need Stephen Clay getting open for threes. You need to get Jordan Poole going from three, and you need Wiggins yeah. attacking the basket and you know putting the, you know putting the ball down with a hammer, not you know settling for jumpers. Mm-hmm. And Draymond just I don't. Draymond, just needs to play. he just needs to stop turning the ball over, period. Draymond has got to stop turning the ball over. He just cannot play like that. <laughs> you can't win turning the ball over. <laughs> it's just, no, it's just not in the finals. It's just, it's bad. So, uh, well,
0: Drew, we got, we got game two tonight at five. Golden State's currently favored by four and a half points.
1: It doesn't make sense to me, but well, mean, we'll see. Yeah. Well, we will see. I, I wouldn't bet it. I'll tell you that I wouldn't bet the game at all. I would stay away from it. Cause I just don't know who's going to win. Um,
0: what's the, uh, what's the schedule of the rest of the, wins? game three and four?
1: Um, so they're, they're spread out, they're spread out pretty, uh, decently. I know game four is Friday. Um, Okay, so I'm traveling. You're coming into
0: town on Saturday. We're gonna hang out on Saturday. Yeah, and uh, you could be put out of your misery at that point, or
1: you could be be. good. I could be out of my misery. Yes, that is very possible. Um, Yeah, you'll appreciate this, Dan. I got I got a text out of nowhere from one of the faithful for one of our original pod subscribers. Giant Boston Celtics fan, Ian Crookshane, Oh, dropping Crookshane. my text messages immediately. Yep. before the finals because he is he's an original Drew and Dan listener. Always rub the always rub the Celtics. Always talk trash about the Celtics and uh of uh, being better than the warriors i mean and immediately popped into my text just in time for the finals and he said <laughs> and we need the drew and dan pot up and on, and so ian shout out to you i know you're listening you've been a long time subscriber up, ian? so um yeah your celtics need to lose
0: okay well we'll see what happens drew we'll check in again this week see how stuff's going uh all yeah, yeah. contact i'll contact jody to keep an extra close eye on you tonight so you don't wander <laughs> off into the desert and
1: I don't know. I, I, sometimes I need, if the Warriors go down 0-2, I'm going to need a long wander in the desert to overcome this. I need yeah. to find myself, I need to ask myself some questions. I need to find who I really am. <laughs> I'll have a lot of things to ponder. Uh,
0: all right, dude. All Thanks right. for chatting. We'll see what happens with your team tonight, huh?
1: <laughs> our team, Dan, our team. I know you're not rooting for the, as a Lakers fan, you're not rooting for the Celtics. Come on. Not, no, I'm uh, I'm more I'm just,
0: it, it's a fun It's a fun finals. I'm enjoying watching
1: I am not enjoying It at all <laughs> <laughs> Alright everyone, thanks for listening uh, See you next time She say she and love, what's that? Trust, what's that? Us, what's that? Yeah I'm married to the gang, don't be playing yeah Only bringing flowers to the Homies grave Yeah Say she in love, what's that? Love. Trust, what's that? Love. Us, what's that? Yeah. yeah I'm married to the money Don't yeah. be playing games Only bringing flowers West to the West homies gray. gray. Red Ferrari seats All my homies bled out on these streets Makeup on my sheets Makeup sex Stress Hope she leave Reaching for my keys She like, where you going? Stay with me Hate to see her bed She don't want me dead Posted on the block Winner's swore, Ain't no warning shots